This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, October 7th, wherever However you're joining us, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside a man who most certainly is not Jaron Hall. Though your names do sound similar. Yeah. This is Jerem Jordan. I've said, uh, you know, that we might start a pod. And, you know, even those close to me are mixing it up, which is fine. At Snowmat1417 tweets in, If Jaron Hall doesn't suit up against Boy State, I want to see him on the sideline wearing a shirt that says, I am definitely Jaron Hall. Yes. I also want roughly 2,000 fans and a couple of players spread throughout the stadium and field wearing shirts that say, no, I'm Jaron Hall. (laughs) So, listen, it's to the point where even our crew has to identify that we are not Jaron Hall. Yep. So, we have these graphics that say our name. We are not Jaron Hall. Not Jaron Hall here. Just so everyone's very clear. We're hoping that ABC can properly identify Jaron Hall. Now, hopefully Jaron's good and he plays, and then it's easy to identify Jaron Hall. But, yeah, that one recruit that got ID, that was, that was funny. If Jaron is on the sideline and not playing, then, I don't know, ask somebody that for sure knows before you bring up the font saying, this is Jaron Hall. One of my, the most annoying things I probably do, and I do a lot of them, is I'll ask people, do you know that or are you guessing? Because I, I don't, in this biz, we can't be, I think so. You got to know or not. And if you don't, just say you don't know. It's fine. It reminds me of the commercials with Tracy Morgan. Like, are you sure or are you pretty sure? Okay. <laughs> like, there's, there's something to that for sure. But yes, please ask us. If you want to know who Jaron Hall is, we'll be happy to point out who Jaron Hall actually is on the side of them. But like you said, hopefully he's suiting up, yeah. has his number, easy identifier, and he's hopefully I, playing. I'm trying to ask him after the game on Friday, uh, hey, you playing? Blah, blah. And he's like, how's Mapleton? Because he lives, he's from Mapleton, right? So he just wants to talk about Mapleton. He's a nice guy. Very personable. Yeah, yeah he's going to keep uh, all of those things close to the vest for sure. Hey, to, Close to the flak jacket. Oh! <laughs> fear not, Jaron Hall will be properly identified by us. And discussed in today's show lineup. Also on the show, is it 10-plus wins or bust for 10th-ranked BYU after a remarkable 5-0 and start? The latest on which BYU quarterbacks are in the mix to actually potentially start against Boise State. Plus, it's game day for number 9 BYU women's volleyball. Head coach Heather Olmstead will join us to discuss why tonight is about way more than just a match. And Pro Football Hall of Fame quarterback Steve Young remembers All-American teammate and BYU legend Gordon Hudson. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. We're two days out from the 12th meeting ever between number 10 BYU and Boise State. Offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick says this about the quarterback Sitch. So far, nobody's been ruled out. And um, I will say Jaron's closer than Baylor right now. But... um, we're, they're all, so far, no, they haven't told me that anybody can't play. Roderick said a decision could be made following today's practice. Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio begins 1.30 Eastern on Saturday. BYU TV's countdown to kickoff, 90-minute a dish, 2 Eastern. Aaron Roderick properly identifying Jaron Hall and saying that he is closer than Baylor. This gives me some hope, Jaron. Now, did he mean Jaron Hall when he said Jaron Hall? That's the question. Okay. 
20th ranked BYU women's soccer dominates St. Mary's last night 7-0 to open up West Coast Conference play now with two resounding wins. 6-1 to one at Gonzaga, 7-0 against St. Mary's. How many 7-3 this season? 7-0-3? Marquette, Idaho State. Missouri. Missouri was 7-4. Seven goal performance. I mean, Sorry, seven, seven nils. Oh, yeah, yeah, three. Three. Holy cow. Wow. Senior forward Cameron Tucker tied a school record with four goals in a single game. Here's the record-tying effort. Cameron Tucker in a potential breakaway. Cameron Tucker! Four goals on the night. It's 5-0 BYU. The Cougars now 7-3-1 overall on the season. They host San Diego, or San Diego, Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, live on the BYU TV app. Jerem Jordan, Carlos Winston has them on that call. There's no mercy rule in soccer, you know. Just keep scoring. Number nine, women's volleyball hosts Portland tonight, 9 Eastern, on the BYU TV app. Cougars have won 21 sets in a row. Just lost the one time this season. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Tonight's game is appropriately themed, so wear pink if you'd like. Two BYU swim and dive freshmen, namely Tanner Nelson and Regan Geldmacher, named the MPSF Athletes of the Week. Nelson won the 400-meter individual medley, 1,000-meter free, and 500 free at the Intermountain Shootout Invitational. Geldmacher won the 500 and 100 free. Congratulations. And some sad news to pass along. Gordon Hudson, one of the greatest players in Cougar football history, has died at the age of 59. Passed away September 27th in San Jose. Hudson is the only non-quarterback player in the College Football Hall of Fame from BYU. Think about that. After being named a consensus All-American tight end in 1982 and 83 as Steve Young's running mate. He still holds three NCAA records for tight ends, career catches in a game average, yards in a game average, and the single game record of 259 yards versus Utah in 1981. We'll talk with Steve Young in the next segment about some of his favorite memories about the legendary Gordon Hudson, who, in the 1983 Reviewable show, we talked about the greatness of Gordon Hudson. Just amazing, and uh, sad to hear that he passed at the age of 59. While we remember Gordon Hudson today, all the reason to rise and shout, it's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. 10-plus or bust? BYU football off to an historic start in the 2021 season. 5-0, number 10 in the country in both the APN coaches' polls. And chasing a big-time goal that includes a venture into New Year's Six Bowl territory. Wait, I thought we were going to the playoff. Well, let's first things first, right? And that includes beating Boise State, potentially, on Saturday to go 6-0. and Okay, Jeremy, what we know is BYU has played five games. They have five wins. There are seven games to go. At this point, given what they've already accomplished, is it 10-plus wins or bust for BYU football in 2021? Not or bust, um, but I think 10-plus, certainly the kind of new expectation, right? And we're talking regular season. We'll see what the, the postseason brings. If it's the Independence Bowl, we would hope that BYU would beat a Conference USA team, even if it's the best team from that league. Um, but not bust, but it's certainly 10-plus wins now which is insane to think about. BYU's had 10-plus wins in independence in a regular kind of season once. So regular is not last year, right? 2011, BYU played three P5s. It was a different transition, easier schedule. Uh, This would be incredible. This would be one of the crown jewel seasons in BYU history. I'm I'm talking all-time season. It may not be in the top kind of five conversation if BYU has three losses, but... um, 
it would be a season where we go, oh, we're ready for the Big 12. Yeah, we can, we can, we can do it. For the first time, BYU played a gajillion Power Fives, seven, you know, tying the most in, in BYU history in a season, and, and won 10 games. Like, wow, wow, right? In 2013, BYU played seven, went eight and five. You have a sophomore, Jamal Williams, and Taysom Hill. You're kind of building towards that excellent defense. Um, Ten, though, at this point, would certainly feel like, it's weird to say, a little bit of a disappointment because there'd be a couple losses in there given how fast this start has been. BYU's also played two of the top four toughest teams already. And won them. Yes, we were talking in our pre-production meeting. If BYU gets through next week unscathed, Baylor, 7-0, oh my gosh, like... Anything is possible at this point. Yep. USC is going to be tough. Obviously, there are challenges on the schedule left with Virginia and Washington State. Um, but, hey, uh, let's go. 5-0, and way above expectation. 3-2, and probably would have been happy with this, right? 4-1, and wow, 5-0, and over the moon. So I'm not going to be disappointed. But if BYU loses, you know, Two two games, not a huge deal. Like, if BYU loses three games between now and the end of the bowl season, that would be disappointing. It would be disappointing. It would because you're five and zero. It's okay to change your expectations. Who says you have to stay with what you said previously or thought? You can always learn something and adjust. Because of the five and zero start, and because of what we just showed you, ESPN's Football Power Index has BYU favored in five of the seven remaining games. So if BYU just holds serve according to those percentages. And I know it's not an exact science, not even close, but if BYU just beats the teams that right now they're supposed to beat, and we think we have a pretty good idea of who BYU is now because they've played five games. Yeah, we're close to that Robert and I mark. They're halfway into the season, and BYU will see Robert and I in Virginia later on. Dr. Bob, what's up? If BYU just wins the games they're supposed to win, they're 10-2. and So for me, Jerem, if BYU loses three games – in the final seven, then yes, it, it'll feel like a bust. And I hate to put that type so like, of pressure on would BYU. Would it feel like 08? Yes. Where it was like, that team was what, 5-0, 6-0? and then, number eight in the country. Yeah. And and the seasons around that also affected that. 06-07 go 11-2. BYU bounces back in 09 and goes 11-2 against a tough schedule. 08 was a disappointing season despite being 10-3. It was. But this is a new standard for BYU. Like, I, I, I think going into the Big 12, you know, we'll feel like, hey, that was the season where we really felt like we could do it. Last year, it was like, okay, BYU beat the, the teams on its schedule. It was different. This year has validated last year. Yes. Because you think about, and Cougar Stats said, I'm not going to be, you know, too picky. BYU lost the number two pick overall, a bunch of dudes to the NFL. It's this fun balance of, well, if BYU was 3-2 and two and then finished with 10 wins, we'd feel differently. But because of the start, yes. like if, if, you're Connor, shifted. if you're Connor Mance and you lead through the first uh, three miles and then you finish in ninth, you're going to feel differently than if you were in ninth and then you finished third. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, what a, what a push to get up into the yes. top three. Yes. Right now, BYU's 5-0, and ahead of schedule. BYU is pacing out front. Yes. Uh, against its own standard. You poll the yeah. average fan. If you polled the average fan that supports BYU and said... Okay, um, if BYU loses three games over the final seven, how would you feel? Yeah, and yeah, I, I'm yeah. guessing Consensus. that 90% or more would say, yeah, it's very disappointing. It's a bust. Oh, four and three? That'd be a bummer. It's a, it's a bust. Yeah. So 10 plus feels like the minimum threshold for success. 
for BYU in 2021. Season, because yes. of how well it's Absolutely. gone. Absolutely. BYU should be credited for that, but it would also, against its own standard, again, because of how it has played, would would feel, yes, would feel weird. Now, if BYU goes 11-2 and two overall in this season. Great. Oh, Amazing. Ecstatic. 12-1, and one, all-time season. 13-0? and 0? Mm. Because maybe, BYU may, has maybe beaten, the best season ever, even over the national championship, because it's in the modern era. It's because you know I mean? BYU we'll has beaten three Power Five teams, and I know Too Arizona ranked. doesn't feel like Two and a, half a real Power, power Five win, but they beat Utah. They got that proverbial monkey off the back, which was just a massive it had obstacle become to something overcome. Bigger than yes, a it was. Yeah. It was freaking King Kong on your back. It felt like okay. It felt like that's it. what it was. Yeah. Like they removed King Kong. And that nine-game losing streak. Well, did you watch Godzilla versus Kong? I mean, it's pretty good. Okay. <laughs> Entertaining. <laughs> so they got rid of the King Kong with Utah. They beat Arizona State. Arizona State might win the Pac-12 South. They, they, they're probably the team that has the best chance to win the Pac-12 I South I hope they right do now. because BYU needs a signature win on the schedule. Yes. BYU can't have a bunch of meh Right now they have a they, they beat a ranked team, and that team is still ranked. And Arizona State needs to be dope. We need Arizona State to win the whole pack. They play Stanford this weekend. So root for the Sun Devils to beat a really solid Stanford team. Brother Elder McKee, going down, man. Brother Haymuli. Sorry. Oh, you're right. His fullback. I do love Houston Haymuli a lot. (laughs) He's great. Okay. Seven to go. BYU should win at least five of these. And there are people out there that think, oh, man, even if BYU loses one game because of these dreams that we have, even one game, what that, that will feel disappointed, right? Oh, for sure. sure. But it's not a. It's not. Oh, I think we're kind of saying, where does it become extremely disappointing? Yes. And we're saying bust as the, that word. The bust but would like, be three losses in the final seven like, games. Ten wins, calling it a bust, is just wild. You know what I mean? We've changed the uh, yeah. the the standard of truth here. No, if you I will. I think BYU should win ten games in the regular season. And have a shot at 11 wins in the bowl game. Yeah, I think that's where... 10-2 and two that's, feels like that's, uh, you should be there. That's what we kind of expect, I think, is should to be there. win five of the last seven. Are you expecting BYU to lose at some point? I hate to say that I'm expecting because... Because I am. <sighs> it's too hard to win them all. It is. Ask everybody but 84. It's so hard. Probably. Probably. Yes. Yeah, yeah like I... I hate to admit that, but it's like ah, because of the way injuries it's one and, and a half. depth and yes. the road and they're playing at Baylor and at USC and sometimes things just get weird and they're already playing three different quarterbacks at this point in the season. Like asking BYU to go undefeated is a lot. You hope it's for way it. way too hard. Yeah. But in terms of yeah. expect, yeah, I expect BYU to lose at least one game. Yeah, I would think one and a half is the line right now. At le- if not yeah, two. Right? At least one game. But and that's and, okay. Ten and two. And listen. It, it ain't 84. If BYU's 11 and one after this 12-game <laughs> gauntlet, they'll be in a New Year's Six game. I would hope so. If they're 11 and one. And they've gone 5 we'll and 0, Jeremy. We'll see. So it's the potential is out there. 3% chance, according to ESPN, to run the table. Yeah. It ain't happening. But Hurry. it's more like a 10 or 15% chance for BYU to go 6 and one over the last seven games. And they had an 11% chance to start 5-0. and So why not this year? Why not go 6-1 yes, and 11 over and the one last would be seven? amazing. 10-2, and two, frankly, would still be incredible. Yeah, Unbelievable. Yeah. 10 wins? If you said that to us beginning of the season, hey, BYU's we going to win we 10 wins, are going to have 
10 wins in this 12-game regular season We were schedule? happy in the Mountain West okay. to get 10 wins, let alone seven power fives. Are you serious? Our question of the day, would you be disappointed if BYU does not win at least 10 games this season? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At BYU underscore game day on Twitter says, the only realistic way that BYU doesn't get to 10 wins at this point is if these are the only games they win from here on out. Georgia Southern, Washington State, Idaho State, and Conference USA bowl opponents. So, yes, I would be disappointed. Yeah, in that. Yeah, no, you got to win. You got to win a few others. Cougar stats you referenced earlier. Let's talk about it. Let's see. A record seven Power 5 schools on the schedule. Loss of a second overall NFL draft pick at quarterback. Loads of injuries early in the season. Seven and a half wins projected in the preseason. (laughs) Getting up with, say, nine wins seems a little too glass is 5% empty to me. (laughs) Yeah, if you think back to the beginning of the season, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Things have changed. Like It feels like BYU should win 10. Which BYU uh, team coming up currently has the best home field or court advantage? And you don't want to miss this. Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young joins us to discuss and remember his longtime friend and legendary BYU football player Gordon Hudson. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up Saturday at 2 Eastern Time on BYU TV, 90 minutes. Countdown to kickoff as we get set for BYU and number 10, Boise State on ABC and BYU Radio. Cannot wait. I haven't checked to see if Skycam's being installed, but I anticipate it probably. So here's the good news about BYU hosting Boise State. In every year, the Cougars have finished with just a winning record. A winning record! And they play Boise State at home. They've never lost to the Broncos. So BYU yeah. just has to be mediocre. <laughs> and they're 5-0. and I like BYU's chances. We are live on a Thursday in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. Earlier this morning, we had a great opportunity to speak with Pro Football Hall of Famer, BYU legend Steve Young, about his All-American teammate and longtime friend, Gordon Hudson. Steve, we're certainly grateful to have you on with us to remember one of the legendary BYU football players, Gordon Hudson, a two-time consensus All-American at BYU who recently passed at the age of 59. When I say the name Gordon Hudson, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Well, he was my teammate. And, uh, and uh, when we went to the LA Express together, uh, people might forget that I was part of the package when I went down there. Um, Gordy, was a, well, Gordy was a phenomenal tight end football player. He was, uh, I mean, honestly... You know, if you think of Travis Kelsey or um, I'm just trying to think of people through the years that um, tight end is a unique position. My buddy Brent Jones for years in the NFL. Gordy had he, he just couldn't keep he couldn't stay healthy. He would have been as good as any tight end in the NFL ever. He had a knack at understanding the middle of the field and the spatial relationships. And that's what a tight end the most important job in a tight uh, in a tight end is that they understand space relationships in in, in close quarters and in, in small 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 field of play, and uh, and he just couldn't cover him because he always could he's always sliding around making space and and uh, he was always open. That was my memory of Gordon. Gordy was always open. 
and uh, two-time All-American at BYU. And, um, you know, if it was today, he'd start as a freshman, he had a four-time All-American. That's how good he was. Yeah, he was amazing. He still holds three NCAA records, which is incredible still to this day, which is... Really? Does he? That's still amazing. Still holds three, yeah. Uh, catches per game uh, in a career. Most in a game, the 259 in Jim McMahon's final home game against Utah in 81. And then he averaged 75 a game for his career. So for a tight end, those are still records, which is incredible. And you mentioned the close quarters. He said that he first met you when Floyd Johnson put your lockers next to each other on the JV team in 80 when you were freshmen. What's your first recollection of when you began this beautiful relationship? Gordy <laughs> was stubborn. Gordy was, um, Gordy's a know-it-all. Uh, <laughs> he, he, uh, you know, I mean, Gordy didn't know a lot, you know, he knew a lot, but he didn't know, he didn't know it all. That's for sure. But he, he acted like he did. And, um, you know, I was funny as a quarterback, uh, there's a lot of people who are phenomenal athletes that, that because quarterback's such an important and, and focused job in football, there's a lot of other spectacular athletes that kind of irritated that they don't play quarterback, right? Cause that's who talks in the huddle. That's who gets all the attention. And Gordy is one of those guys. It's like, wait, I'm, I, I, I'm more important than this guy. So I should be in the, I should talk in the huddle. I should be, I should be the one that runs the show. Um, and that happens with linemen as two others. There are some phenomenal offensive linemen athletes. I mean, you know, not everybody, but there are some that could have played quarterback or could have played three sport basketball pro, you know, there's some guys that are just amazing. And Gordy was that way. Gordy was a phenomenal basketball player. Um, and he was in, and I, I think that uh, he was super confident. I mean, that's the thing of my freshman year that I was super not confident, you know, I mean, my coach just told me I couldn't play because I was a lefty. So, you know, I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of, uh, <laughs> but Gordy was supremely confident. The fact that he was blockering next to me on JV was like, what is this? You know, <laughs> I don't want no JV. <laughs> and, uh, and he, and I loved that about him. I loved that. I, that rubbed off on me. It helped me. His confidence in my junior and senior year, uh, uh, who we were playing and how we were going to play against them and how it was going to go. But Gordy was like, well, this is this is in the bag. We got this. And he'd do that during the game, too. And uh, so uh, I appreciated. Uh, and that's hard to, you know, people aren't, people can be supremely confident and really they use it as a crutch because they really aren't. Gordy actually was. Gordy was supremely confident and didn't, wasn't faking it. He was like, this is, this is in the bag. And uh, I really appreciated that about him. And we were buddies. We, I remember one story. We, we, we went together at the LA Express. I told you we turned pro together and went down to LA. And I needed that. I needed a friend. And it meant, it meant a lot to me. And so uh, uh, it, was a, it was like a Tuesday. We played uh, on the weekend. It was Tuesday. It was a day off. And uh, we went to the movies with his wife, Mindy. And uh, she was phenomenal. And, uh, and so I, the three of us went to the movies. And, we went, and we're coming home. And he goes, you know what? We drove by a car dealer. He goes, that's a cool car. I go, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, he pulls in, walks up to the thing, says, that car's cool. I want that car. <laughs> and buys the car. And like, I don't, I don't know. Maybe that's no big deal to anybody. But to me, to me, I remember thinking, who does that? Who, looks at, who drives by and sees that's cool, pulls in and drives it home. And I just thought, I, I just thought that was like, that was the ultra cool moment. Like 
I could not do that. I'd have to study it and think about it. And maybe over five years, you know, I didn't buy a car for 10 years. I rented everywhere. But uh, but Gordy's that kind of a guy. Like, that's, that's Gordy. Like, uh, I like that. Not that he was super rich or anything, but just that's mine. Taking it home. <laughs> Steve Young with us on BYU Sports Nation. We're remembering his All-American teammate and tight end Gordon Hudson, who recently passed away at the age of 59. Steve, I had somebody after the BYU women's soccer match last night, longtime member of the BYU athletic staff, come up to me and say, Spencer, I don't think you realize just how special of a player that Gordon Hudson was. So who better to really try and understand just how special he was on the field than by talking with you, Steve? When did you first realize this dude is special? Right away. The first time he ran a route, you could see his athleticism. Like, you know, tight ends are bigger, right? That's why they're tight ends, not wide receivers. And they have to block at the line of scrimmage inside. So, you know, uh, they get beat up. And so, and especially back then, tight ends were blockers. That's, you know, that's what you were. Gordy was not a blocker. He could do it, but that's not what he was. He was a, he was a receiver and he could get open. And like I told you, he could get open anywhere and he could catch everything. He caught, I mean, honestly, he, he didn't drop, he never dropped a ball ever took a beating. I, I'd throw him in places like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just got him killed. And he would catch it and come back to me and look at me like, Hey, uh, don't do that again. You know? <laughs> and, uh, but he was, his body betrayed him as a pro, but he was, I mean, I would argue the best player in BYU history. People, you know, be like, what? Come on. Crazy. I, I could, you could, you could make an argument. You really could. And they didn't have the Mackey at the time, but he might have won it twice uh, if it was the early '80s, right? Um, if no they question. had that, yeah. No, so, well, no question because no one else was. No one else, you know. Think about it. You just told me something that's just phenomenal in all the years of because who was throwing the ball back in 1982 and '83? It was us in Miami and Stanford, and I mean, he's breaking records that are still here. That is insanity. That's uh, true and so I think remember. we have to take a moment. Gordy was a unique, funny, interesting, tough-minded confident, you know, cocky almost. No, let me leave you one last story. So he's, he's engaged to Mindy and, and we go over to Mindy's home. So it's in-laws. He's not, he's not married. He's still engaged. And, and, and the mother-in-law says, uh, she makes this homemade chili. It was just phenomenal. It was like special. Everyone was talking about it. So she brings out the chili. We're eating it. And when she serves it and Gordy goes, do you have uh, soda crackers? And she's like, oh, let me look, look. I'm sure I do. She goes over and looks and can't find any. She goes, oh, I'm sorry, Gordy. I can't find any. And Gordy takes the chili and pushes it to the middle of the table. He's like, ah, can't do it without soda crackers. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't, do this, can't do the special chili. You kind of have it all together. It ain't happening with me, you know? And that was just. That was Gordy, and uh, and but uh, if you're going to appreciate him as a football player, appreciate him one of the all timers, and I mean it. No one comes close to uh, him as a tight end. He he talked about in his experience how he had mission plans, you know, it, and you went through a similar thing where it was like, what do I do? You make the decision not to go on a mission, you know, and there was a lot of thought there. In your book, you go over that quite a bit. He talked about how. Um, he felt like he could still be a missionary and a good influence. He said that you, 
the two of you had over 500 speaking engagements in the four years of BYU. Like you were constantly talking to people and how much he really enjoyed getting out of the community and talking about the church and talking about the mission of BYU. 500's a lot, Steve. I was just going to say 500's a lot. Uh, Floyd Johnson was the equipment manager famously. You guys remember that where he would, he would announce where you were going to go speak that weekend. And uh, so it was a lot. We probably, I, 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 Gordon, I probably covered every steakhouse in Utah. I mean, if you named it, <laughs> not, not every war, not every war, but every, I mean, honestly, we were name a little town in Southern Utah and we were there. And so, uh, and it was, a, I think it was a bonding time for us. It was also a spiritually, um, re, you know, kind of enlightening time. Cause you, you had to be thinking about stuff like that. And, uh, and I think that, you know, I appreciated the chance to do that with him. And we did a lot of traveling together. And, uh, uh, and of course, I, I have to, to you know, if you know me, I have to drive. When Gordon and I would go, he would drive. That tells you a little, <laughs> tells you a little bit about Gordy. So, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, no one drives when I'm, when I'm in the car, but Gordy. So, you know, that's, ah, this is, I, it's been a tough 24 hours and um, much love to Gordy and his family. Well, Steve, we undoubtedly appreciate the time and the memories that you're sharing with us about Gordon Hudson. And frankly, uh, I'm, I'm feeling like in the spirit of Gordon Hudson, I should just drive past a cool car today and stop and uh, go buy it. I don't know how my yeah, wife's no, going to feel go. about it, but I might do it. Yeah, in honor. Maybe I should too, you know, just in honor <laughs> of one of the more unique human beings, uh, somebody that, uh, much love, uh, for somebody that was way more confident than me, much more productive than me, especially early and somebody that I, uh, was a running buddy that I, uh, you know, that I miss. We can certainly feel the love that you have for him. And, uh, again, we know how busy you are. Thanks for fitness into your schedule. Uh, this is a, a great thing to remember, one of the all-time greats at BYU. Thanks so much, Steve. You guys are great to do it. And how grateful are we that we that you are there so that we can actually show the appreciation everybody can learn a little bit about Cordy because it's been some years. Hmm. And I think people maybe take a minute and look it up and see some highlights and, and just take a moment to appreciate some one of the all-time great BYU football players. Thank you, Steve. We appreciate it. Okay, guys. See ya. Steve Young on BYU Sports Nation. And, uh, man, it's always tough to have to remember a scenario like that. Only 59, and you know. Yeah, a little too young. Yeah. But what an incredible yeah. career at BYU. Oh. Oh. As Steve mentioned, injuries kind of marred his professional status. Dude, he but called him the greatest player in BYU football he history. Can, he can make a case for it, and you really can. Wow. Two-time consensus All-American. And, Jerem, as we pointed out in our 1983 reviewable special, Gordon Hudson – Became an All-American again for the second year in a row. Consensus, no, no, no. unanimous. Yeah, not just con- not just All-American. Consensus. consensus. Ev- that means everybody unanimous. agrees. That matters. He did so in eight games in that's, 1983. That's insane. Like, you look at his stat line in 1983, like, it would be impressive for an entire season for a tight He did it in eight games. Yes. So, the only if – I, if I just told you he's the only non-quarterback player in the College Football Hall of Fame from BYU, that is enough. If I only told you – Consensus All-American. If I only told you two-time Consensus All-American. If I only told you he still holds three NCAA records. Steve has an argument there. I mean, we, we could argue best non-quarterback, because obviously quarterback is 
going to get a lot of the limelight. But in Steve's opinion, who to me, Steve is the third best BYU player, yeah. overall player, best BYU player. Um, you know, it's, it's McMahon versus Detmer in that conversation. That's quite the conversation. Um, Hudson, and, and compliment, Hudson was a great player. And uh, who would have thunk that he would have been better than Clay Brown? Because at the time when he shows up, Clay Brown is unbelievable. Clay Brown was, he was an all-timer. Like, Clay Brown was incredible. Because of Gordon Hudson, Jim McMahon and Steve Young were that much better. Yeah. Were that much more on the radar. Gordon Hudson was a huge part of making Jim McMahon and Steve Young what they were as quarterbacks at BYU. Yeah, and an incredible player. An incredible player. He was the safety blanket. Oh, the comfort blanket was in, was amazing. Well, and this, this this tight end tradition kind of continues, right? Clay Brown at the time is the greatest tight end BYU's ever had. Gordon Hudson wow. passed him, became the greatest. And we're grateful that we can remember yeah. Gordon Hudson, BYU legendary football player, gone too soon at the age of 59. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. On the latest BYU Sports Nation right now, who from BYU football would you pick to sing a karaoke duet? This is a great question. Max Tooley has some ideas. Check it out on the BYUSN Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube channels. I promise you no one else has those answers like Kiki Slim. He is Jerem. I am Spencer. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Just got a fantastic tweet and story about Gordon Hudson from the Twitter account at Mean Uncle Dave. Mm. Said, best Stephen Gordon story? He and Gordon were roommates and were in sacrament meeting together one Sunday with Gordon dozing peacefully. Early in the meeting, Steve jostled him awake saying, Gordy, wake up. The bishop just asked you to give the closing prayer. Now, I've heard a reverse story to where <laughs> Steve was the one that got woken up. and So who okay, was it? Okay. Gordon opened his eyes, saw people looking at him. So he popped up, went to the pulpit, and to the bishop's complete surprise, closed the meeting 20 minutes early. <laughs> I've heard this story with Steve saying the prayer. Who was it? We need to okay. confirm this with Next Steve. Next time we have Steve on, we got to yeah, confirm We got to confirm. Yeah. Who was the person that actually said the prayer? That's hilarious. And was dozing peacefully. That's so funny. Great stuff. It's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Round presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Tyler Algier said this year's team is reliable and relentless. What two words would you use to describe this year's BYU football team? Physical and clutch, Jerem. This team has been clutch in the fourth quarter. I know I've said it a million times, but it's very impressive. When they need a drive late in the game and the score is close, they have delivered in all five games. They are clutch. I'm going back to 02 Olympics, the John Williams song, Call of the Champions. Altius Fortius, higher, stronger. Ooh. There was a faster part in there, but we only have two yes. words for this. What's the other one? What's the other word? Uh, don't remember. <laughs> it's in Latin. I don't remember. The other Latin yeah. words. I barely know how to talk English. Uh, yeah, those two words. Yeah. <laughs> I can hear the song right now. Yes, it's a great, it's a great song. All right, Jerem, uh, there's a lot of fantastic home field advantage for BYU on campus right yes, now. and court. Home court, for that matter, too. Uh, what's the best home field or home court advantage at BYU in the moment? Oh, tough one. Football's been pretty loud, right? That's been, like, new this year. Volleyball hasn't lost. They're 9-0. Crushed Utah. And then women's soccer has been incredible, scoring goals, minus the OT defeat. To Utah State. I don't know, man. Yeah, to Utah Don't remind me. Uh, I'm not sure I can pick because all three have been incredible. Think about it. One loss at home combined for those three teams. Man, you know what? There's a, I'm going tennis. There's a guarantee every match right now for BYU men's and women's volleyball, it's going to be rocking. 
I can't yeah. I can't guarantee that every home game for BYU football or even BYU women's soccer. But, but it's the Smith Fieldhouse will always be rocking. It's a fun place. So it's I probably lean towards the Smith Fieldhouse. Yeah, it's just uh, a we, guarantee it's going to be loud are, and are, crazy. Are we affected by our next guest in Maybe. the room? Maybe. Coming up, today's rocks and shout out. <laughs> The head coach, Heather Olmstead, joins us on game day. <laughs> oh, hey, Heather, didn't see you there. This isn't just any game day either, yeah. John. Oh, there's Heather. Crazy. An important message to share, and uh, it's bigger than just winning. This is BYU Sports Nation. Absolutely volleyball. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. You want to watch some top ten volleyball tonight? Yep. Hey, number nine BYU hosting the Portlanders. Watch the Cougars try and move 10-0 at home on the season. Just a one-loss overall. Seems fun to watch. They've won 21 straight sets. It's on the BYU TV app. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. It is our pleasure now to welcome into Studio B, for the first time in quite a while, the head coach of BYU Women's Volleyball and those ninth-ranked Cougars, Heather Olmstead. Coach, thanks for hanging out with us on game day. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. This is a really cool setup for the match tonight, and I've been plugging throughout the show that it's more than just the match against Portland. It's also the breast cancer awareness match and month for that matter. And this one, because of recent experiences that you've had in your own family, is hitting close to home. And so we just kind of like to get your thoughts on why this match is so meaningful tonight and why you're wearing that pink sweatshirt and what goes into yeah, all that. Yeah, thanks. Not only are we excited to be back home, to play Portland, but we get the opportunity to raise awareness for breast cancer. And so in June of this past summer, my dad was diagnosed with DCIS, ductal carcinoma in situ breast cancer. Um, And that was a surprise to all of us. So that happened in June. Uh, The next week they got him promptly in and he had a, a partial mastectomy. And so while they were in there, they also took out some lymph nodes and checked Uh, to make sure there was no spreading and everything looks good there. So this match does have special meaning, a little bit different meaning, and it's it's education for all of us to provide awareness for not only female breast cancer, which one in eight women will be diagnosed with breast cancer, but less than 1% of men, which is one in a thousand, will also be diagnosed with breast cancer. And we need to be talking about it and get that out there so people are aware of it. So this is a a big deal, obviously, when anyone gets cancer, but We've known Rick for a long time as a notable guy in the community, as a former coach of Karch Cry and other teams, right? Yeah. Um, and and referee, and he's the dad of the winningest uh, male and female NCAA college coaches. So how's he doing now? Yeah, he's doing awesome. He's doing great. They didn't uh, feel like there was any need for chemo or radiation, so he's on a, a drug, um, Tamoflexin, I think it's called, and it's an estrogen blocker because breast cancer is fed by estrogen, which men have. Um, and so he's on an estrogen blocker. He's doing well. And so he's, he's excited to also spread awareness and, and talk about his story. And one of the most important things about his story is that you need to advocate for yourself, for your body, for what you're feeling. He didn't have a lump. Uh, there was no lump there, but he did have some symptoms, which was um, discharge out of his nipple, which yeah. was bloody. Oh. And that's, you know, that's a sign that you need to go to the doctor. And so being able to be aware of those things and, and, and go fight for yourself and for your health is important. And, and that's what he did. And so uh, early enough that he, he's feeling good, um, but we need to keep talking about it. And so tonight's an opportunity to do that for sure. I didn't know some of those numbers you mentioned, especially the 1% for men yep. and like estrogen. I don't, yeah, awareness is super important. So what else would you advise, I guess, you know, a lot of this conversation is obviously about women. It's super important. Yep. 
but what this part is about men. What have you learned that you would also want people to know about this? Yeah, I think just what we said, that, that men can get breast cancer and that, um, you know, if something's off with your body, you yeah. go go to the doctor, let them check it out, be, be self-aware and, and be cautious about that because health is everything. We need our health to just to live and to, to be healthy and happy. And so that, that's what I would say. It's, it's an opportunity for us to talk with our team. We have, obviously, women's volleyball, and that's a, that's a high stat. And we've got 19 girls on our team. That's something we should be talking about, not to, to scare anyone or be afraid of, but to educate our, our women in our program and, and around the country and people that are watching in the community about breast cancer in women and in men. And, um, you know, we're blessed that my dad's doing well. And, and yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's random. He has six daughters. And, you know, so there's, there's hereditary things that you've got to look at as far as now we've got to be extra cautious getting our screenings and doing those things as well, which is mm. another thing you've learned is, is look at your hereditary genetics and get some testing done and six daughters and my dad's the one with breast cancer right now and we're obviously very aware of it now going forward sure and we just put up uh, some other symptoms and and some other things to be aware of on the screen and i mean just even the fact that men are not totally uh safe and immune from this like that information alone is very critical um man your your parents both your mom and your dad have gone through some significant bouts of adversity what have you learned from them as you've watched them handle these these things as they've, as they've gone throughout life? Yeah, I've just learned they've had great faith throughout all of this, just the faith um, that they they have every day and, you know, in the gospel and just in, in getting up every day. And I mean, exercising is huge for our family, exercising, diet and health. I mean, dad's, my dad was a health teacher in high school. And so um, being healthy and not only mentally, physically being aware and um, just having great faith as you live your life and, and, and things are going to get hard. Like no, everyone has issues. And so we've just got to get up every day and do our best, go to work and, and just be the best versions of ourselves, regardless of what we're going through. So pink tonight uh, will be on uh, display. I, I got. I'm going to change it up a little bit because oh, male breast cancer is a little blue pink. So is okay. it? Yeah. So if you, I, I'll be. I'll be repping both. Okay. Well, now I'm changing okay. my wardrobe right nah. now in my mind. So is it like okay. a light blue? Yeah, is, it is. Yeah, like you can Google blue. it. Yeah, okay. it's it's just a combo. And again, it's not very well known, but um, if I can bring a little bit of awareness, you know, love it's it. going to be great. Hundred percent. Yep. I love that. Heather Olmstead is with us on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, before we move on to the match and start to preview what's going to happen against Portland tonight, uh, let's discuss how your, your team is, is handling this opportunity to raise awareness as well. What can we look for tonight when they hit the floor? Yeah, they're going to be warming up in some dig pink shirts. Um, they're excited to, to also create awareness. Um, they'll have some ribbons and, and just the conversations it's, it's allowing us to talk about you know, who, who in your life have, have you known or have that's affected by this and, yeah. and open those conversations and be okay with talking about the symptoms and going to the doctor, those things that for young kids who are 18, 19, 20, this is, this is relatively somewhat new to them to, to have people in their life that are affected by cancer and such. So they're, they're, young, they're young kids, but they're, they're growing up fast. Mm. Yes, they are. Uh, and now let's talk about less important things, uh, like the volleyball season. Yes. But but you you guys are doing so well right now. <laughs> number nine, just the one loss on the road at number two Pitt, who's an incredible team. Maybe we'll see them later. Who knows? How is this team? In August, you're big on like, we haven't figured out who we are yet. Do you have a good sense of who you are at this point now that yeah. you're in the conference play? Yeah, d- absolutely. We're learning more and more about ourselves every day. Road trips help that for sure. So last week was awesome to be able to go play a tough Santa Clara team in San Francisco. Um, we and call we, that the Shane Ty. Yes, trip, we right? had we yeah. had lots of homecomings for people. You know, Gretchen, Gretchen Shane. R- yep. So we had such a great time getting to know each other, and, and and we battled. And so I know you guys talk about our sets, and I didn't even know that stat. The whatever, because every set for me feels like. 
<laughs> yeah, Emotion. so I'm like, I don't even know that that's true. Is that true? I feel like we've lost. But, you know, that's just the coach in me that needs to appreciate how well we're playing and, and the girls really are putting in the work. And, and so still learning who we are. We get to go on the road next week. Um, but we're excited to be at home to play Portland and Gonzaga and, and see what we're made of. Yeah, it'll be fun uh, once you get through these matches at home to uh, watch BYU go on the road. LMU, San Diego, the West Coast Conference. And I know the BYU is transitioning into the Big 12, but the West Coast Conference has been a fantastic landing spot and a very good volleyball conference for BYU on the women's side. Absolutely. Not only do they have great players in the West Coast Conference, but they have great coaches. And so every night you know you're going up against coaches that know what they're doing and know your weaknesses. So you better know your weaknesses because other teams are going to exploit them. So we've got to be open and honest with our team. Hey, this is where we can get a little bit better, 1% better, right? Conference talk, better. we love that. Yep. Uh, Michael Dunn, it was amazing talk. And uh, I know, I, yep. I love seeing him up there in general conference, but uh, we're, we're excited to just keep working on our craft and, and get better. Tonight. By old, I don't mean his age. I mean former. <laughs> want to make sure Clip it off, send it to him. The super old guy. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, Whitney Bauer defensively, we love talking about this during the matches. She does something that doesn't uh, get known. It changed the Utah match. Which, by the way, the Utah win continues to look amazing. They keep getting these top 15 wins. It's like, hey, that's helping the resume. Um, she gobbles up so many tips. Mm. Like, she is the ultimate waitress setter. You know what I mean? Like, she's just having an incredible season. Is that something you taught her? Did she come in with that skill? Have you developed that skill? Like, she's so good at that defensively. Yeah, she, she puts a lot of time into developing that skill set of defense, her eye work, and being able to see the sets, being able to see the, the attacker's rhythm. Are they going to tip? Are they going to hit? Are they going line? So she's put a lot of time into that. Uh, I think she's, she every day spends time on it, and she's open. She's coachable. She wants to, to hear feedback from us. So she's, she's put the work in, and she's I think the best setter defender in the country. So I'm proud of her. That's pretty awesome. And she doesn't turn 20 until November. Like she's <laughs> yeah. a teenager still. Like her maturity after reclassifying, not having a senior, has been pretty fun to watch. Yeah, she's she's definitely uh, evolving into obviously you know a great leader, and and she's taking control and command of our offense. I mean, we're we're third in the country in hitting percentage, and that's a lot because of the way uh, not only our passers are passing, but the way she's distributing the ball, and then our attackers taking smart swings. You got a roster littered with stars, and not just that. I think a theme that's developed is that they're coachable stars, and that's what makes a special group. Uh, we cannot wait to watch them tonight against Portland live on the BYU TV app. Of course, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We're raising awareness for breast cancer for men and women. We appreciate you coming in to do this with us today. We're so glad that Rick's doing well. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, Heather. Okay, coming up, who gets today's elite voice of the day? Plus, a well-deserved and emotional pair of rise and shout-outs. This is BYU Sports Nation. And over under five minutes from an email from the church about that comment about that was done. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. And subscribe to the podcast. Uh, by Googling BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe, rate, and review. Our question of the day, would you be disappointed if BYU football does not win at least 10 games this season? Mm. At BYU1984DeLorean on Twitter says, win over Utah going into a hiatus and a Big 12 invite. Season has been a success. Playing for extra points now. Can BYU go 5-3 and three to get in the final Eight, including a including bowl the game. bowl game. Yeah, absolutely. Like I would, I'm hoping for six and two. I really am. Okay, to get to eleven. Our elite voice of the day, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Greg Schaefer on Twitter says, 
yes and no to the disappointment. BYU's played well so far, and I think there's a lot of juice with the program right now. But BYU still has some tough games to play. Losing three of the remaining would still be a buzzkill. It, it's, you, you lead in front. You're pacing yeah. for something yeah. very special. Yeah, it would. It's okay to admit that things change if you start 5-0 and and that you'd be disappointed if you lose three of the last seven. It's yes. okay to admit that. Yes, it would. <laughs> Hopefully BYU keeps it going, man. Yeah, the Cougars trying to get to 6-0 against Boise State on Saturday, 3.30 Eastern. Get the bowl eligibility. One thirty Mountain what on if, ABC National. What if the Independence Bowl's like, we invite you, and BYU's like, hold up. The Independence Bowl hold officials up. will be at the game on Saturday. Really? Yes. Let's just see what we can do. Yep. BYU accepts it at 6-0. We're like, what are you doing? <laughs> Today's Rise and Shoutouts. A special pair presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. First and foremost, Jared, to the Gordon Hudson family yeah. who uh, had to say goodbye to Gordon, all-timer at BYU. Much too young, 59. Uh, but what a legacy of football awesomeness he leaves behind at BYU. 2009 College Football Hall of Famer. BYU's got a handful of those. Again, three NCAA records to this day, two-time yeah. consensus All-American, and uh, a dude that just was incredible as a tight end. And his, his pro career was cut short due to injury. And then Rick Olmstead. Yeah. who we uh, found out in preparing for the show today, uh, you know, con- contracted breast cancer, uh, diagnosed this summer, and uh, we'll be thinking about him. Yeah. Known him for a long time. Glad he's doing well. Sean and Heather's dad. I mean, Karch Cries High School coach. Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Breast Cancer Awareness Night for BYU Women's Volleyball, and uh, we look forward to wearing blue and pink tonight to help that cause. Our thanks to today's guests, Steve Young and Heather Olmstead. Sorry to Dennis, no time. For Jeremiah I'm Spencer, shout out to Kurt Gunther. We'll see you tonight for BYU Women's Volleyball live on the BYU TV app at 9 Eastern. Go Cougs!